Hello and hi, and welcome back to another fine edition of Theme Park the Movie, the podcast where we talk about our favorite movies and the theme park attractions inspired by them. Now I'm your host, Travis Kirkland, and we have today a subject which I think is of great interest to a lot of people because we're going to be talking about Batman, everybody. Yes, the Dark Knight himself. The batting man, the man who bats, Batman! But there's so many aspects of Batman, what can we focus on, on this particular episode? Well, unless you uh, didn't read the episode description, or the episode title, we're talking about the movie Batman Returns, and the theme park attraction, Batman Adventure The Ride. I uh, can't wait for you to hear... Uh, my talk, and my conversation, and my words, and, uh, everything else that, uh, I guess you can, uh, can, all the other different synonyms you can utilize for talking and whatnot. Okay, I'm getting off on a, another rant that I shouldn't just, uh, waste all this intro time for, but I do want to tell you that it was quite a lovely conversation I had, because I had that conversation with a lovely friend, one Luana Seta. And she is the co-host of a podcast called Monster Island Commentaries. Hmm. Monster Island Commentaries. That name that name sounds kind of familiar to me. Hmm. I don't know. Well, we'll see, uh we'll see what we have to say about that particular podcast, and more importantly, what we have to say about all things Batman. Batman Returning, and Batman Adventuring on the ride. And we're going to do that as soon as I end this intro. So I guess I better end it soon by saying, uh, let's ride the movie. Listeners of the podcast, please welcome Luana Seda. Hi, everybody. Glad to be here. Hi. Now, I talked about this a bit in the introduction to this episode, but uh, uh, Luana Seda, it appears uh, this isn't your this isn't your first podcast experience. It, it seems. Oh no, God! I mean, I'm on this uh, obscure little podcast about about monster movies called Monster Island Commentaries uh, okay. with this, uh, this really uh, wonderful guy uh, that uh, who's uh, oh, whose name I just uh, slipping my mind right now, but he's, he's a great guy. I'll, I'll say, uh, okay, uh, wonderful. Yeah, and uh, you know, we uh, you can uh, find us on Monster Island Commentaries on Spotify, iTunes, uh, the. Uh, uh, Stitcher and all your favorite podcast apps, uh, and you know what? The, uh, we do a second uh, non-kaiju-related podcast called Movie Lobby Commentaries, which is kind of a bonus podcast for our Patreon uh, contributors. And yeah, that's right. We are we're on Patreon too, with uh, lots wow. of uh, fun bonuses and um, and surprises for our lovely uh, members. Now, I have to ask you, because I think I've kind of heard of this podcast, Monster Island Commentaries. 
So when you say like kaiju stuff, like what do you mean exactly? What kind of movies are you talking? I, that sounds vaguely familiar to me. Oh well, you see, the uh, kaiju genre is a uh, Japanese monster uh, movie Ooh, uh, spectacular, Japanese. and uh, the kaiju means strange beast. I think uh, you've probably Ooh. heard of it in the context of. Uh, Guys in suits movies. This is like oh. Godzilla and Gamera and stomping on model cities and well, model tanks and then and, and, and wrestling with other guys in monster suits. That's that's basically what the kaiju genre is all about. Well, that sounds fun. That sounds Aww. fun. <laughs> yeah, I thought it might be up your alley. Might it might be. And wait, you're saying so you and this other fella, you do this podcast, and uh, it says here you've been doing it for like almost five years at this point. Uh, huh? It's a very interesting run. Very. Interesting. Oh yeah, there's, this is we've we've done we've done more than fifty episodes, and for our fiftieth, we that's right. This is if, we haven't even hit the I haven't even hit episode ten on this damn thing. Huh. You know, maybe for your fiftieth, you can do a uh, you can do an episode on King Kong the Ride, oh. <laughs> and then and then cut out in the middle of it. <laughs> huh. Well, that sounds like a really preposterous idea for a podcast episode. Uh, and do wait, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds. Oh wait, it says so. I know you mentioned this already, but looking at my notes here again, it says here. So you have the podcast monster island and that's on available on all the feeds you listen to podcasts and then uh, you have a patreon and that's a spin-off podcast you do only there it looks like the website is patreon.com slash mi commentaries and you do move okay explain this to me so it's movie lobby commentaries you don't do these uh kaiju things on the on this show no these are just a uh, general um like general movies that me and my co-host uh, enjoy or hold dear or have some special place in our hearts or just uh, you know have a have a lot of fun with and they're not necessarily uh limited to the kaiju genre we've done uh, hmm. stop making sense the david byrne concert movie we've done oh, I like that movie. yeah yeah it's a, it's a it's a really fun uh it's a really fun concert movie and, yeah. with, and, and with great music yeah. and birds of prey you said i also like that movie yeah, uh, the uh, the uh, <laughs> by far the best DCEU movie. Uh, we mm. had we had a lot of fun on that one. Uh, we've done uh, we've done Star Wars. We've done uh, we've done Desperado. Uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, oh, this, it's a lot, lot. smorgasbord of genre films. Yeah, a lot of different movies. It sounds like all sounds pretty interesting stuff there, Luana. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, we like to joke around and keep it casual. We, you know, don't uh, don't expect the film academia. Although you know, we we try to have some uh, interesting trivia, but uh, we we do joke around about uh, oh boy, uh, stuff like uh, uh, theme parks. We do talk about theme parks. We we like to talk about uh, theme restaurants. We like to okay. talk about uh, uh, you know whatever uh, current affairs uh, pop up. Uh, well, you, you know what? Since, since you brought it up, you know yeah. I know you've been talking about your podcast a lot. But uh, since we are, since this is a theme park podcast, I have to ask. So, <laughs> as far as theme parks go for you personally, like, are you do you like them? Do you hate them? How much do you like them? How much do you hate them? What's your overall view? Oh yeah, I like them. Um, I feel that you know, um. 
I haven't been to all that many, but a good theme park with uh, a good deep immersion can be a really fun day out or even days out if you if you have the the means. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, no, I have a lot of fun. Uh, of course, uh, people that don't know me from the other podcast, uh, I live in Belgium, so uh, whoa, yeah, that's that's that sounds pretty far there, Luana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a different continent, uh, and uh, we uh, we uh, so the the theme park uh, sort of uh, the the venues that we have for theme park visitations are quite a bit different than uh, our stateside friends. And uh, my favorite one is the Dutch theme park, the Efteling. Yeah, uh, which I've, is, I've ne- is, never been, but it all the all the photos and the videos i've seen of elton that looks like a super duper place i'm not i'm not as well versed in like the sort of theme park community and what we're like fan community as you are but uh as far as i know it's like pretty well regarded i think yeah because uh, yeah it's and it's pretty old too like it has a lot of uh history a lot of years on it compared to even some american parks yeah i think it's from the late 50s i'm not sure maybe early 60s like it's it's definitely og yeah. disneyland level i think yeah predating right. disneyland even yeah it's crazy oh, pre-date. oh yeah right 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 yeah uh yeah no definitely and and um what i i, I i've seen a couple of youtubes of, of like you know, mostly defunct land and the jenny nicholson like jenny nicholson does some theme park stuff occasionally mm. and um it's quite uh different like i must say for our um American listeners in the sense that when I learned about sponsored rides, like, I don't know, Kodak presents the Green Lantern ride or something, like, you know, <laughs> so, some company presents some ride. And then like, once the company pulls its funding, it's, you know, down with the ride. That is weird. Like I've never seen that. That is that I learned that via YouTube, that that stuff happens. Like that's a, uh, yeah. American capitalism there. You can't have something <laughs> without some type of sponsorship to get it going right you know? right right and like um what's the the little dragon fidget fidget figment from figment <laughs> from epcot's uh, journey into imagination right um I, I remember that whole um odyssey of like that journey into imagination i'm not sure if it's even there it's i don't think it's there oh anymore. it's there it is oh, there yeah. but right it's, but it's a ooh, that's a that's a whole that's a whole different episode we could be doing about what happens a journey into imagination. Right. And uh I, I think I've seen a defunct line episode on that and that like or or like Figment is somewhere. You can see Figment uh, I don't quite remember. Oh he's and, he he's still in there. He's still in right. there. It's just a, a it's a revamped ride where the revamp is not good. <laughs> And yeah, just the idea of like revamping your ride or like, you know, doing budget cuts or like to us, I, I think to, to, I'm just using Efteling as a, as a baseline. Mm-hmm. That is essentially, that is a park that is dying. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and you, you, you can't exactly say, you know, Disneyland or Disney World is a dying park, but the fact that that stuff happens to the rides is was completely alien to me so uh it, it's it's very interesting how i guess european and uh, american theme park um experiences differ or, or deviate before we get into the main topic of our conversation uh 
Real quick, uh, so mostly you've experienced theme parks within Europe. Uh, if you could travel outside of Europe or, you know, travel outside of the neighboring countries that you're located at, what theme park in those outer boundaries would you want to visit first? Um, I would like to see uh, Disneyland Japan. Yeah, Tokyo Disneyland with yeah. with uh, Disney Seas. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and and apparently a really great uh, Black Cauldron ride. <laughs> well, it, it's uh, it's no longer there, unfortunately. Uh, oh, damn. Uh, okay, but apparently it's 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 uh, Disney Tokyo is apparently a real good uh, a real good Disney park. Apparently, uh, yeah. Apparently, sure. it is like the best Disney park uh, anywhere. Like even compared to the OG American parks. Right. 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 Like mm-hmm. Japan, I guess, uh, uh, because the big thing about the Tokyo Disney Resorts is that it is technically owned by the bigger corporation, the Oriental Land Company. Mm-hmm. So they oh. are the ones who operate it. They are the ones yeah. who foot the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a deal with Disney where they can, you know, obviously utilize their characters and they utilize, like, their imagineers to come up with right, stuff. Right. But... Uh, it seems that, and again, this is a whole nother episode that just <laughs> devoted to where it seems like very much at times the reason that that park is so spectacular compared to even other Disney parks is that the Oriental Land Company is more willing to give Imagineers and other people in the company more money and time and freedom to do what right. they want to compared to uh, like some of the budget cuts and constraints and other things right. that you hear about yeah. when it comes to like Disneyland or Disney World and, and mm-hmm. other places. And I would, uh, oddly enough, I'm staying in Japan because um, whenever it opens, I'd love to see the Studio Ghibli theme park. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look, uh, you know, despite, uh, you know, the Tokyo Olympics being uh, kind of a hellfire so far (laughs) from what what we've been hearing, uh, yeah, Japan, totally a place that I want to (laughs) visit. And just to to name one that hasn't been uh, mentioned, like to go outside Japan, I'd like to see uh, Galaxy's Edge. Uh, that's, That's in Disney World, I think, right? Uh, Disneyland and Disney World, and I think yeah. Disney has plans to wanting to put Galaxy's Edge in other parks. So, okay, right. But I would I would only want to do Galaxy's Edge if I was like a if I if I had won some Richie Rich style deal where like just me and my friends <laughs> and the oh get away from all the all the unwashed and po- and most likely unvaccinated masses yeah totally yeah <laughs> and you know the people that pay the big bucks to go to star wars land are like the you know the pretty pretty into it star wars fans and like i'm, I'm a star wars fan so i i, I know what they're like so I, i'd rather not be surrounded by star wars fans you, you could probably pass someone in galaxy's edge and they're watching on their phone a geeks and gamer youtube video about how ray is stupid so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly that <laughs> you know that type we all know those types uh but look let's uh where you've been talking so much about traveling how about we travel to gotham city Ooh, now Ooh, so- that is a uh, dangerous yet appealing location 
And you know what? There, there's so many time periods that we could talk about with Donkey. <laughs> but in this case, for today's episode, let's go back to that young year of 1992. And let's... Di- 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 I can't talk. I'm so excited. Because we're going to be talking for a little bit about Batman Returns. Ooh, the greasiest of all Batmans. <laughs> From the sewers of Gotham, a new villain emerges. You didn't invite me, so I crashed! From the rooftops of Gotham, the perfect enemy comes to life. her claws into you're getting into a girl like me he plots a foul reign of destruction my dear penguins thanks to batman the time has come to punish all of Batman Returns, directed by Tim Burton and based on the characters from DC Comics, was released on June 19th, 1992. It stars Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, Christopher Walken, Michael Goh, Pat Hingle, and many others. It is the sequel to 1989's Batman and was followed by Batman Forever in 1995. Yeah. But what, uh, the, uh, I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, I think as far as like main Batman movies, because, you know, there's other spin off y type of Batman movies like Birds of Prey and Justice League and what and whatnot. But I think as far as Batman titled movies go, live action mm-hmm. Batman titled right, right. movies go, I think this one might be my favorite. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm with you there, and you know why? Because I feel why? like 
it feels like a because uh, we we did um, we did Pee-wee's, uh, Pee-wee's big adventure on mm-hmm. on the uh, on the podcast and honestly it feels most like a Tim Burton movie it really feels yes. like a, like a director's movie it doesn't feel like a studio pushing through a competent competent film uh, an IP and like yeah just put some put some nice competent content out there as if you really feel that this is a Tim Burton movie that fits in with uh yeah more personal stuff like Pee-wee's uh Great Adventure or, or Beetlejuice and um there's that sort of fun darkness that the early uh Tim Burton's had and uh yeah, I, I have a feeling that uh, that is what appeals to you too, probably, right, Travis? Yeah, I mean, uh, when I recall seeing this movie for the first time, I do remember seeing it young. I didn't see uh-huh. it in theaters. I think I probably saw it on video. Uh, uh-huh. But, you know, when you're a kid and you have baby brain, you know, I didn't <laughs> care. You know, I didn't pick up on any of the darkness, the weirdness, the sexual, right, right. sexuality of it all. I was just, you know, again, baby brain going like, yay, it's Batman, Batman's beating up people, <laughs> yay, hooray for Batman, yay, I like this movie because of Batman and whatnot. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it was only later on in life when I became a <clears throat> more educated film viewer and reviewer and, discuss- and discussionarier. That's how uh, distinguished I am. I just came up with that word. Um, but that I uh, I realized like, oh wow, this is kind of a this is kind of a crazy Batman movie that Warner Brothers put out there, and I think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's kind of weird in that you know there's a because um, you know obviously they wanted this to be a flagship uh, tentpole movie even back in '92. They they wanted this to be a moneymaker, a toy seller. Uh-huh. Uh, so even back then, it's kind of weird how much the studio went. Yeah, whatever, just do whatever, Burton. You, you know, the first yeah. one made a lot of money. Uh, just we we trust you. And 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 there was no one seemingly on set to go like, like, oh, this is kind of weird. <laughs> this is kind of greasy. This is kind of fetishy. Yeah. Uh, and because like, imagine this. Uh, Imagine this content. I mean, it's not like it doesn't fit within, you know, it's 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 still perfectly within PG-13 limitations, but um, you know, like uh, the the Catwoman having a bath or mm-hmm. uh, the, the 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 penguin going like when you were the hottest, the hottest young yeah. person the role model could have and like that kind of stuff. Can you imagine that in like an Avengers movie? <laughs> right. Yeah. Cuz um, we because we, I want because to give some context for this. So, you know, I mentioned beforehand that this was this is the sequel to the nineteen eighty nine movie Batman, also directed by Tim Burton and starring Michael Keaton as the Batting Man. And uh, <laughs> people don't remember this at the time, but it was a gigantic, huge right, right, right. smash movie. Like it was, uh, you know, what Avengers or Avatar or Titanic mm-hmm. or you know any of those big, huge tentpole movies that would come later on. Right, right. You know, it it made so much money. It put Batman back into pop culture relevance. It mm-hmm. kind of shot Tim Burton and Michael Keaton into a uh, into a uh, more upper echelons of uh, fame and notoriety. So, like, 
you know, Warner Brothers, you know, they're like, hey, we're no dummies. We like to make some money. A lot of it, in fact. This Batman movie, it made a lot of money. Yes, Tim Burton, you have directed the Batman movie, which made a lot of money. You will please make another movie uh, with the Batting Man where we make a lot of money. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I. it's funny because when you compare those two movies, Batman and Batman Returns, I do like both of them. They both have <laughs> Tim Burton weirdness, but you definitely feel like the first one, as much fun as that still is, it still feels like a little bit constrained. Like maybe uh, there was still maybe some producer or studio interference when like, okay, right, now right. Tim Burton, we're doing this big grand relaunch of Batman. So, you know, you can make it a little weird, but you gotta, you know, put your, you gotta, you know, pull back on it. And then, uh, so what does Burton do? So, okay, Burton does Batman. Then he does <laughs> Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. Then he comes back to Batman Returns. And I guess, yeah, because, again, Warner Brothers had the dollar signs in their, mm-hmm. in their uh, thought bubbles and in their dreams. They were like, yeah, Tim Burton, you, I guess you have the magic touch. Do it again. And then <laughs> Tim Burton was like, oh, okay, well, here's a weird-ass movie with with the opening scene where the penguin's parents try to murder him (laughs) and Michelle Pfeiffer gets everybody horny and everything. And uh, it's great. I love it. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah. When did, when, when, what were, what are your earliest impressions of Batman Returns? I think I was, uh, I picked up on the weird, like fetishy, a rubber man quality of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, of of Batman Returns because I remember thinking uh, that like it's it's sometimes like I I must have seen it with my parents the first time uh, I didn't see it I was too young to see it in cinema I must have seen it uh, on TV so probably a few years later uh, I was probably still in the single digits when I saw it uh, and uh, yeah I, I remember like the the fetishiness the the the, the horniness making me somewhat uncomfortable uh mm-hmm. to watch with my parents so uh yeah there was a um oh gosh and you know what um for i remember thinking it was one of the earlier films where uh, you know, as a kid, you, you watch, you know, the cartoons where the good guys and bad guys are very thoroughly delineated as good and evil. Uh-huh. And uh, I remember thinking that these these bad guys were kind of, uh, they didn't always know how to feel about them. You know, the, like even in the first Batman, the Joker was pretty much a bad guy. And um, here you had, you know, Catwoman, who is almost the hero of the movie. Uh and you have the penguin who is definitely a bad guy but they're constantly giving you reasons to like oh he was you know he was uh, he's had a tough life he was uh, thrown in the flushed down the toilet and uh, he was uh, like he he has that whole spiel about uh, uh, wanting to find his parents and and, and Danny Elfman's grand score uh, really uh, sort of hammers home the 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 tragedy of it even even though you know he, he does turn out to be bad or it's just a ruse or whatnot and but um it's not it, 
it, it's like that stuff still happened, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even though he is or he does have ulterior motives, he wants vengeance for what happened. The stuff that happened to him still happened, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it, 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 that's not easy to 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 process as a kid who before that had very you know very Saturday morning cartoon style morality in their media. Yeah. It, I think it's almost like I, because, you know, Tim Burton in general has an interest in characters that are weird, but you get to learn sort of their psychology and right. of why they're so odd or uh, how they can even be sympathetic in certain lights. And I feel like, you know, Burton does that in the first movie with Bruce Wayne himself, kind of exploring that psychology of Bruce Wayne and Batman and the duality of it all. And uh, I think because he already did that with Bruce, that's mm-hmm. why he, he does it here with Batman Returns with uh, with Penguin and Catwoman. That, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they are technically your bad guys, but uh, yeah, you get to learn these different uh, empathetic moments with them that you really, you know, see, you know, that these are freaky outcasts but not of not uh not always of their own choosing but because society or other powers that be have kind of driven them to that point yeah yeah absolutely which is is indeed again a very burton type of thing because like if you you know there was there was some outrage at the first batman movie uh people going uh you know like oh the joker killed his parents oh, that's not that's not what the joker did blah 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 <laughs> you know and uh, there was there was a uh with 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 uh catwoman and the penguin it's not as big a deal i guess as joker actually killed his parents but it is kind of like um in the comics let's say neither penguin nor catwoman when apprehended would be sent to arkham you know they're they're uh-huh. they're they both of sound mind uh-huh. uh you know they're not like joker or scarecrow or harley yeah. quinn or, or like uh, like like put them in the straight jacket and lock them up yeah exactly um whereas penguin he's he's just a He's a gangster. He's just a mob boss who has a yeah. a, a very particular sartorial style. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, Catwoman is literally just a cat burglar. She does eat and hunt stuff and likes cats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so to you know adapt these into your movie and make them both very like freakish and like uh, disturbed and like that 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 is really putting your stamp on a character. Yeah, I don't think because I'm not I'm not that well versed in that particular period because you know how um, when a movie catches on the like you know Nick Fury became black in the comics because Samuel L. Jackson um, right mm-hmm. the Samuel Jackson I know that the uh, I know that the uh, I know that the, the the black Nick Fury was a thing in an, in an alternate universe comic before the movies so don't yeah. don't at us yeah, exactly. <laughs> like now like he was you know he was black when Marvel was doing those ultimate line of comics and right. that was their alternate but yeah like now pretty much it's canon that it you know Nick Fury yeah now is regular black. universe yeah exactly yeah, yeah. 
because, well, you know, people, you know, kids watch the movies and Nick Fury is Samuel Jackson, so now he's a black guy. I don't think that that Batman Returns caused... Uh, I don't think that Batman Returns caused such a shift. I don't think the... Uh, I don't think Selina and the Penguin became crazier in the comics, but I'm, right. I'm not sure. Um, there was a little bit, uh, like, because I think Batman the Animated Series launched the same year. And mm, they, around that time, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, famously brunette, famously brunette Selina Kyle became a blonde on that show because of Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the Penguin had was a was a big rotund slash oval guy with with flippers which he had never been he was just a short guy <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It's very very penguin shaped so that i think that's the biggest uh that's the biggest uh influence the the that the that take on those characters had although i guess you could say that the animated series kind of wanted to be burton-esque at in the beginning but then they kind of um did it started doing their own thing and i think when people say you know what's been influential on the batman uh mythos then uh, i think the animated series is, is is ranked higher than um than the burton movies but you know let's not forget that the animated series was just a little cartoon that could and definitely took its cues from the then popular movies at the start Oh, definitely. And uh, since we've been talking about them, I want to focus in on those two villains in particular. Um, starting with, you know, the, I think the performance. I mean, there's a lot of memorable performances in this movie, but the standout one that everyone remembers is Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I will say this. I do... I, I get why they do this, and I know that it's been pointed out as a cliche at this point, where in these superhero movies you get like a really nerdy, uh, you know, kind of dowdy looking. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then when they get the superpowers, they become super hot suddenly. Mm-hmm. They become hot characters. But I, I do find it amusing uh, in Batman Returns that they do that to Michelle Pfeiffer. You know, they give her the glasses, the, yeah. the dirty glasses and the hair, the unkempt hair to make her seem like a meek individual. But even then it's like, even with all that stuff, you know, it cannot disguise that like Michelle Pfeiffer is like one of the most beautiful women <laughs> to ever be <laughs> in movies. Right. Like even, even all the Burton darkness and the shadows and the grayness <laughs> can't really hide the fact how gorgeous Michelle Pfeiffer is, you know? <laughs> it's like having, like, I don't know, uh, like, uh, if you had Arnold Schwarzenegger play Superman and, like, ugh, nobody nobody knows uh, Clark Kent is, uh, is Superman, but he's, like, Arnold in, in glasses. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger would make a better Mr. Freeze, obviously. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I forgot that he was, in fact, in the DC Universe as Mr. Freeze. Yeah, and and as we've seen, he exists in the Serververse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was was fairly uh, front and center in the crowd, even. I saw him many times. Right behind Don Cheadle and his goon squad in Space Jam, A New Legacy. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole nother thing we could probably talk about <laughs> but uh, because i guess batman returns exists in the serververse too right i guess 
We are to yeah, take Yeah, because the penguin and Catwoman are there too. Yeah, yeah. Uh the penguin is on yeah. the court in the yes. spectate among spectators. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well. Don Cheeto, why didn't you put DeVito's, uh, why, where are, are they part of the Goon Squad, you know? Yeah, I should have just, you know, unleashed the Red Triangle gang onto the, <laughs> onto the court. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but, uh, okay, enough about Space Jam. Um, jeez, <laughs> it's, the thing, I mean, Pfeiffer is so wonderful in Returns, I, it's hard for me to, like, extrapolate anything else that hasn't been said she is so wonderful in owning her sexuality and owning Mm -hmm. how much fun she's like i love the moments when she's in the department store Mm -hmm. and she has her whip and she does the and she does that you know that impressive thing where she whips the heads off the mannequin and -hmm. you're like oh wow that's really impressive whip skills and then she just takes her whip and then she just jumps jumps it like a jump rope because uh, she's having yeah, a yeah. grand old time in the in being being evil, or, or and she or, does the uh, she does the um, the cartwheel as well. Right? Yeah, and it's like uh, again, I think that's uh, it's so it, it's fun. I, I you know I know it's not a kind of a boring adjective I'm using, but uh, she <laughs> really there's look there's a reason why uh, it's been hard for other people to do other versions of Catwoman because Pfeiffer really makes that role her own. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even if it's not like a quote-unquote comic book accurate depiction of that character. Um, You know what? I guess that her depiction seems, I guess, more in line with like the 60s Batman, right? The 60s Batman show because like that version of Catwoman is very kind of very purry and all the friends and likes to likes to Mm -hmm. tease Batman and whatnot and I guess it's uh yeah I guess uh yeah and I guess I guess burn uh correct me if I'm wrong or don't you know don't at me (laughs) listeners if you gotta be mean (laughs) about it but I guess like Burton's more direct influence on his Batman movies was maybe more the 60s movies than the comic books, I think. He... Yeah, yeah, because um, Burton was is actually on record as being like, oh, I'm not really a comic book guy. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, what's a prime? Because, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the Adam West show was pretty big culturally. Um, like, it, uh, it it actually did influence the, the comic books a little bit at the time. Uh, so... So yeah, and you know it's actually funny that when uh, when these when the Burton movies came out, you know Warner Brothers sold it as like oh it's not going to be silly like those like that old Adam cheesy Adam West show from the sixties that you remember it's going to be dark and serious uh-huh. and psychologically complex and whatnot and like try to like you show <laughs> you show some. <laughs> You show some Zoomer kid Batman or Batman Returns, and they'll be like, wow, this is a cartoon. <laughs> you know? I know. It's like, look at that. Penguin's on a big rubber ducky with some penguins, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a Joker does the Prince the Party Man dance. <laughs> uh, which, uh, which uh, you know, that is the best Joker scene of all time when he's yes, in that, that is, We are very much uh, in agreement that that is the essence of Joker. Right? It's him going, Lawrence, and then boom, boom, boom. 
Run your minds. You know what's funny? I was thinking about uh, uh, Catwoman some more and how much sexual energy she brings to the movie. But I find <laughs> funny in another way talking about how funny things are in retrospect. So it, the movie is so overtly sexual that, as we kind of joked about it before, the scenes where, like, Catwoman and Batman in costume are like, you know, there's that, you know, famous scene where she's lying on top of him and he mm-hmm. licks his chin and whatnot. And it's kind of funny in retrospect because nowadays there are these um, porno companies that will do like superhero <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the same Batman yeah. parodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In which they act, they get some pretty decent costumes and right, and, right, and whatnot. So it's funny because, like, looking back on it, it's like, oh, you know, these scenes in Batman Returns do not look <laughs> too dissimilar from these porno parodies that yes. the com- that the adult companies are making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like those those outfits basically look like like high-end cosplay costumes uh-huh. and the sort of artificiality of the Burton world essentially also makes them look like high-end cosplay costumes. Uh, I mean, like, it's like, especially accentuated when, when Batman t- rips off his cowl at the end of the movie, like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the most like light, lightest rubber ever to just like, rip. <laughs> like, Oh wow. And that's been able to stop bullets. huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, and uh, hey, look, uh, Warner Brothers, if you're going to include stuff like that in your, uh, you know, like those overtly sexual scenes in your Batman material, uh, why, why why, do you come out and say that Batman uh, would not perform oral sex on Catwoman? <laughs> I mean, uh, look, hey, D- hey, DC, Warner Brothers, if Batman doesn't want to go down on people... Why is the only part of his body that's not covered by his costume is his mouth? I ask you that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Now, I mean, D- we do DC have to more like don't cunnilingus. <laughs> you know, there is a um, we do have to keep in mind that after this overtly sexual movie, they did switch to Joel Schumacher, <laughs> <laughs> which then, has no sexuality at all in his movies. There's <laughs> nothing sexual about the costumes in those Joel Schumacher movies. <laughs> well, let me. Uh, <laughs> well, let me tell you the biggest. Uh, the, the uh, oh wait, no, I, I'm forgetting Chase Meridian. That was very horny too. <laughs> yeah it's look, look look dc it's a bunch of fetish your batman franchise is a bunch of fetish <laughs> people who want to get down with each other so come on um no and, and then the fourth one had uh, you know extremely sexual poison ivy as well yeah. so what the hell <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean uh look, look look dc uh lighten up with lighten up come on uh <laughs> Moving on, though, I want to talk. I think, uh, I think another villain performance that is totally wonderful is Danny DeVito as Penguin. And yes, it here's okay. Here's a weird thing. Don't you think it's funny to think that Danny DeVito has had as long of a career as he still has? If you think about yeah, he's, it, he's on uh, what's that called? Uh, it's always sunny it's in always- Philadelphia. Yeah, he's a, he's a meme king now. He's a meme yeah. king for the kids. And it's crazy because, like, 
He he has an acting career like stretching from like the seventies and yeah right he's been just you know some years. short yeah and he's just some short scrawny guy you know he doesn't have the Hollywood heights or looks and his voice you know he's got that voice and whatnot yeah <laughs> and yet he has like a a wonderful long lasting career right? which mm-hmm. I think is pretty awesome yeah and absolutely he, yeah like good for him um. And I think what makes him such a wonderful actor is what you can see in Batman Returns because that version of the Penguin is so grotesque. Like, <laughs> looks ugly. His 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 like his like trouser length underwear is disgusting to look at. <laughs> um, he's got those flipper hands. There's that really gross moment where he's eating that raw fish in the yeah. uh, in the election office. Mm-hmm. Um, there is so much grossness to him, and yet, uh, DeVito makes that guy so compelling to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, like one of the like one of the art like his main arc in the movie is that he emerges from the sewers to become this fake uh, mayoral candidate, and he wins right, right. over the hearts of Gotham public. And I gotta say that DeVito is such a great actor that uh, a guy who looks as monstrous as that, in the moments when he's trying to play up the sympathy of his past to the citizens of Gotham, where he's like, oh, "I was just, you know, a, a, a you know, a, you know, a, a deformed kid abandoned by his parents," he actually sells those moments. He, you act, he actually sells the sympathy, yeah, and yeah, empathy yeah. Uh-huh. of those moments that, like. You know, that you're not just like, oh, you Gotham dummies, what are you talking about? You're like, no, no, if, if this guy was talking like this, I, I would maybe be, be on his side, you know? That's how good of an actor he is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, DeVito is not just uh, the guy from Twins, you know? He's, he's, he's been in several David Mamet movies, too. He's, he's an actor's actor. Uh, and I think because uh, of his, uh, you know, funny... 80s and 90s comedy repertoire we, we we tend to forget that you know he's a kind of robin williams that way i think he's mm-hmm. like he's a funny man but oh he's he's actually also a pretty great actor yeah and again i think it's wonderful that he i think part of his appeal is that he owns the things that would typically maybe make him not a hollywood actor you know his his short mm-hmm. height and his you know his and that he's bald and all these other things he owns it right. and he just makes those characters that he portrays so wonderful like that yeah, he absolutely. has no issue like showing up in austin powers gold member as you know mini me you know? <laughs> like he doesn't care he knows his he knows what he can do and he and he performs it so well i i i really enjoy that about danny devito oh yeah i, I mean heck even the mere the mere concept of him being the penguin you know <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. imagine you're you're a short tubby actor and like your agent is like hey you want to play the penguin <laughs> like oh fuck you buddy <laughs> <laughs> but no i mean uh, now he earns a lot of money probably from batman returns you know yeah <laughs> oh was, was he in kind of a uh lucas uh, lucas merchandise deal that did he oh get i to... don't I mean, I don't know about that, but I mean, he, he, he you know, the Vito doesn't have to worry about where his uh, meals are coming from. Probably. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that uh, after after Jack Nicholson 
uh, like I think I think his paycheck was like legendary for Joker. So oh obviously. yeah, he, and Nicholson, I think he got part of the box office take. I think as part of his contract. So oh right, right, right. So he's like, mm, nah, you know, rubbing rubbing the hands together. Oh wait, here's a trivia fact. Do you know who else makes money off of this movie, off of Batman Returns? Uh, who's that? Marlon Wayans makes money off of this movie. Oh, did that? He has a good agent because I know where that comes from. He was uh, there was a draft with Robin, and he was he yes. was Robin. Yes. Yeah. So for those who don't know, uh, one of the things that was supposed to happen in Batman Returns is that Robin was supposed to be introduced, mm-hmm. and they signed Marlon Wayans to it, and. Yeah, uh, if, if 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 you research it, it seems like he was pretty close to being, you know, in the movie until they started shooting the movie. Like, they had his costume ready, and, they, and mm. Marlon was, you know, ready to go, and then uh, I forget exactly why they dropped Robin and Marlon Wayans out of the movie, but I guess because of the deal he made, he still, to this day, I think Marlon even said this on like Instagram or some type of social media. He's like, yeah, I still get paychecks from Mar- Batman Returns, even though I didn't do that movie at all. So That is for him. so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> good for like, him, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wonder if uh, Billy D. Williams <laughs> gets Batman checks still. I bet not. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, because, uh, wait, if I'm not mistaken, that's that. So... Yeah, Billy D. Williams, he plays Harvey Dent in 1989 Batman. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm not mistaken in my trivia, instead of Max Shrek, as played by Christopher Walken in Returns, it was supposed to be Harvey Dent mm-hmm. as, with Billy D. reprising it. And then for reasons I'm not sure, I'm sure some of them are kind of racist because it's Hollywood, mm-hmm. uh, they took him out put in this new character, Max Shrek, with Walken in it. Who's who's good in the movie? I like Walken yeah, absolutely. in the movie. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. unfortunately, I, I unless unless Billy D can't talk about it or just hasn't brought it up, I kind of doubt he he's getting those paychecks, unfortunately. Right, right, right. Uh, but you know what? We could talk about paychecks. We could talk about who or hasn't, who's not in the movie for so long. But I think we need to move on to the tactile world of the theme parks but uh before we do that do you have any uh last thoughts luana on batman returns well i think batman returns is a really fun superhero movie the kind of uh, auteur driven blockbuster we don't often see anymore and uh it's uh, it's a whole heap of greasy fun and uh speaking of movies we don't see anymore Let's talk about another type of film that you can't see anymore, technically. <laughs> and that is Bat... Uh, what is this called? <laughs> it's Batman Adventure, The Ride. Now, the all-time blockbuster movie comes alive. Prepare yourselves for the biggest, most explosive, heart-pounding thrill ride in the universe. Batman Adventure The Ride Now open at Warner Brothers Movie World Hollywood on the Gold Coast Batman Adventure The Ride Opened on December 23rd 1992 At Warner Brothers Movie World Australia 
A second version opened at Warner Brothers Movie World Germany in 1996, and a third version opened at Warner Brothers Movie World Madrid in 2002. All versions were eventually revamped and renamed as Batman Adventure the Ride 2. However, all versions of the attractions uh, have been closed down. There is currently no way you can ride this attraction in any of its iterations, unfortunately. Is is that still a... um... Is that still the type of ride that they make? Because that it seems very quaint. Okay, so just to talk about this, because this is something I have never experienced. I've only read up a bit about it and seen YouTube videos of it. Uh, Batman Adventure is a simulator ride, and pretty much people are familiar with simulator rides. You get into this kind, you get into this ride vehicle that's totally enclosed, and you face a screen, and then. You, you watch the screen play some type of movie and then the vehicle that you're in, you know, shakes about a bunch. You know, it's mm-hmm. everyone's familiar with those type of rides. And uh, yes, Luana, they, they still make those types of rides right, to this right, day right. because, uh, you know, typically those are pretty easy to make because you're not really relying on anything like animatronics or lengthy ride tracks or anything like that. You're just... You just have, you know, a couple vehicles and a screen, and those don't require as much maintenance as more complex ride vehicles or ride Mm. or attraction types, you know. Right, right. Um, But if I'm not mistaken, the version of this ride that you did was the one that was at Warner Brothers Movie World Germany, correct? Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay. It was yeah. strongly based on Batman Returns. Yes, that's why we talked about Batman Returns in the first portion, because uh, the first version of Batman Venture is definitely a Batman Returns themed ride. But before we get into that attraction, just because I, and probably a lot of the listenership, have never been to this park in general, can you, uh, can you recall memories of uh, just touring around warner brothers movie world germany oh yeah i've been there i think twice in the mid 90s uh it was a um it's sort of it's it's sort of done up as a movie lot with different uh themed areas uh there was like a sort of bermuda triangle type tropical area there was a uh, an old west area that's like a art deco type of a uh, 1930s like newsies type of area i remember mm-hmm. um and uh you had uh and, and it was basically all uh warner brothers stuff the looney tunes were very uh very well represented of course uh in in like a theme park uh in like a theme park uh like shows and actors, yeah, characters it, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And one of the funniest things is that there was a stunt show. And it was the Police Academy <laughs> stunt show. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they would have like uh, Mahoney, like, or like fake Mahoney and, and fake uh, <laughs> fake Hightower and, and fake Tackleberry, like pop wheelies and crash into each other. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever tug, did you ever did you ever like tug on your mom's dress and be like, "Mommy, mommy, I want to go see Mahoney and his crew doing stunts <laughs> at the Police Academy stunt show." 
<laughs> and they they would uh, they would uh, select they would select a, a random dad from the audience to, to get his dick sucked under the bleacher. Wait, what? <laughs> no, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's how Europe rolls, man. No, hey, look, no, look, look. Considering the things that are in this park, from what I've seen, that that does not, uh, <laughs> you know, that does not seem out of the realm of possibility to me. At no, least. in the original Police Academy movie, Commandant Lassard got his dick sucked while giving that <laughs> that uh, graduation speech. Hey, uh, look, when you go to a theme park with movie experiences, you want to experience what it was like in real the movie. movie. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, there was a, not a log ride, but one of those, um, um, one of those types of water rides that has the, um, those round boats, you know, like the wild water rides. Oh, I think they're called a, like, shoot the shoot type of water rides, basically. Okay, so where you're sitting in a circle and. Oh, uh, like, uh, water rapid rides, I think. Okay, yeah, right. And like the boats are all you're you're facing each other and Yeah. Uh, and then you go like you kinda of spin around as you're going down the river yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And that was they had one that was themed after the never ending story, which which I remember Ooh. being quite uh being quite well done. Like uh like there was a lot of cool animatronics and like the high point was a big Falcor animatronic. Oh interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it seems was... all it seems all interesting, so much so, I don't want to waste too much time on this, but probably the most bizarre thing I've read up about this park is that there was a dark ride where <laughs> it was a crossover between the Gremlins and Alf. Did you go Alf was this? big in Europe, man. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> um... Okay, you, okay, explain. Without, without you know, wasting too much time, explain, please. You, so you, you go into the, uh, in, into a uh, old-timey movie theater, and like, oh, yeah, let's have fun at the movie theater. Let's all go down to the lobby and watch some, and you, you'd be given some, you'd be um, shown some public domain blooper reels from, like, old-timey westerns and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. and uh, it was kind of fun, and that's uh, goes on for about five minutes and then suddenly a uh, an actor would would like burst in like he was one of the you know one of the box office uh workers and like oh no we have to evacuate that the gremlins have taken over the movie theater uh, <laughs> and i think i think the gremlins actually take over the movie theater in the same way that they uh like in in gremlins 2 where like the, the film cuts out and they start doing the the, the the shadow puppets. Oh, they get into like the projector and like right. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, after a couple minutes of that, you know, the the, the actor pops in and goes, "Oh no, please, ladies and gentlemen, get into these carts so we can wheel you to safety." And uh, <laughs> as you you know start queuing down to the carts, there's Gizmo and Elf saying, "Oh no," <laughs> point pointing pointing to towards the <laughs> towards the the vehicles, and uh, so you just kind of uh, it's 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 just kind of a a slow dark ride where you get into you, you go through the um you go through sort of the um. The, 
it's kind of a studio lot type of situation where you're uh-huh. like, oh, um, you know, they're shoot, they were shooting a western here, they were they were shooting a, a monster movie here, and and uh, but the, but the gremlins are causing chaos on all these mm-hmm. sets, and you know, it's, it's always like in every scene you'd be like, oh, spot the elf and spot the gizmo because they're they would they would be in they would be in some um in some predicament like uh, like uh, the the gremlin the gremlins have uh shoved alf in a barrel <laughs> <laughs> See, okay i i think that i think that is the thing that makes this so crazy to me because the idea okay you have a warner brothers <laughs> arc okay right. a, a dark cry where the gremlins are causing havoc okay that makes that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, alf <laughs> like why did they think of why did they like? Oh, you know what this thing needs? It needs Alf in it, you know. <laughs> As like, yeah, I guess I the audience, it was fucking, your audience surrogate is Alf. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, <laughs> what's so funny is that um, the um, he he is indeed he he's sort of the he's the good guy, you know. He, he's uh-huh. trying to shepherd the the, the people yeah. away from the gremlins and into yeah. safety. And whereas well, unless you know, you're a cat, <laughs> exactly. He's he's a you know from lore that we know, uh, Alf is a is a is a decadent bon vivant. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Warner Brothers, that character eats pussy, <laughs> and he's a real hero, as we saw in the ride Gremlin invasion. <laughs> the hero that we need and deserve, <laughs> unless you're cats. Oh, true. Well, that's why he can't be in a movie with Catwoman. <laughs> oh no, he, he he would go too far in eating her. Oh. <laughs> uh, look, uh, I think we, we could probably spend the entire length of this episode just <laughs> dissecting this crazy gremlin outright, and maybe we may need to come back to this on a future episode. But look, we are here to talk about Batman. Um, so yes, so this is a simulator ride in which the, uh, film that you watch while you're in the simulator vehicle is, uh, Batman Returns related because, uh, so I guess the setting of this is that you go into Wayne Manor and, uh, you run into like Alfred or something like that. Uh, yeah, so so you, it starts out kind of like the Alf, right? <laughs> you start out. As Wait, a well, are you saying that both of these, both of these rides start with Alf characters? <laughs> like Alf is like the Batmite style character. He's uh, so so like in the Alf ride where you're, you know, just just some people trying to enjoy a movie at the at the old timey movie theater. You are just a bunch of Gotham citizens <laughs> who are getting a, getting a tour of stately Wayne Manor. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, which is I mean, kind of funny because like Wayne Manor is just a rich guy's house. <laughs> it's like well, we're getting a tour here, and yeah, there there is an actor where um, uh, uh, like an actual real life uh, park. Actor is like, oh yeah, welcome, welcome everybody. Uh, don't uh, welcome, welcome to the uh, Wayne Manor uh, guided tour. We're about to show you the, uh, you know, the, I don't know, the the hall of uh, <laughs> of, uh, of knight armors that he has, and the beautiful library, and these. Yeah. Uh, Look how rich uh, Bruce Wayne is, everybody. Exactly. <laughs> 
And then suddenly it's like, oh, um, oh gosh, there seems to be some sort of uh, alert going on. Uh, well, uh, people, for your safety, we're just going to have to evacuate you. And uh, so he he, uh, he pulls a like he, he he tugs out a book in one of the bookcases, mm-hmm. and the uh, the book uh, the, the the secret passage opens, and uh, you are taken to the Batcave, uh, where uh, for your safety, uh, Batman. Uh, is, She'll she'll usher you out of uh, usher you back to Gotham. But oh no, the the, the penguin is attacking. We can't just uh, uh, we can't just uh, bring. Can't just leave. Back. Yeah, uh, Batman penguin. has to do something about it. So there's a little uh, there's a little dialogue between Oliver, the uh, <laughs> the very Michael Gao attired, not Alfred. So basically, this is a young guy who seems to be working on computers at Wayne Manor, and is entirely decked out like the you know Tim Burton Alfred, uh, like the hair, the glasses, like those are uh-huh. tiny uh, butler outfit. But but he's not. He's he's a young guy who does the computers. <laughs> young young and, hot Alfred. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Oliver's like, oh, but sir, uh, we can't just leave these people here. It's like, and then Batman, who is an animatronic, so he's kind of like uh, talking to the actor on the Oliver actor on screen. He's like, well, Oliver, we'll uh, we'll just have to bring them along. And this special <laughs> bat module that I have created that everyone fits into, and we can <laughs> and we can all go penguin hunting together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we get into the bat module, I, I have to say something sincere. Um, I, I, so I, so I, again, never been to this park, never rode this thing, so I've only seen like you know what the best footage that a tourist with a bulky VHS camera cap can capture and then upload to YouTube. And so this pre-show segment with the, with the animatronic uh, Michael Keaton Batman. Uh, even though it's again kind of grainy and it's a uh, infrared uh, night vision mode, it that Batman animatronic is kind of impressive for the mid '90s. Like again, yeah, right, right. grainy video footage it was like, huh, that, that looks pretty decent. I, I I like that Batman animatronic. Yeah, and they they rather uh, smartly put him in a naturalistic position of like him sitting behind the bad computer, so you only really need his his top half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, because he's talking to Oliver on the screen, he only rarely turns to the people. So you oh, there's there's only a few really um, there's there's only a few movements that you really need to nail on it. Yeah. Uh, so that that's probably some real economic thinking uh, there. But but yeah, yeah, yeah. as uh, as you saw that uh, especially for a, a, um, an animatronic that age, it worked out pretty well. Okay, so after that, you go into the bat, the bat module. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh when I think about it. The bat module, which which is your ride vehicle, that, which essentially yeah. that is the excuse for you to get into the simulator ride. Right, right, right. Do the ride. <laughs> he, he has the, he, like, this is just something he's been working on so that a bunch of tourists can get on and help him take down the penguin. <laughs> and look, look, as a theme park fan, I understand that a lot of times these storylines do some kind of 
they they have to cross some big hurdles to justify <laughs> why people are experiencing this ride experience. <laughs> and look, okay, Batman has a lot of gadgets. He has a Batmobile, a Batwing, and everything. So is a Bat module that crazy? I guess not, but it just seems. I, I don't know. <laughs> a bat module is just very uh, 90s amusing to me. You know, I don't... Oh, man. Uh, I actually remember being like a friggin' 10-year-old and, and, and just laughing my ass off at the idea of... I don't remember what it was called in German. Uh-huh. I would... Oh, God. Um, th- there's a word in Dutch... Or at least in in the Flemish dialect of Dutch for a trailer, you know, like a trailer that you hitch to the back of your car. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, to to not not like a living, not like a trailer that you live in, but like a trailer that's kind of like to have to load stuff onto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Transport stuff. Yeah, right. There's there there's a word. Um, it was it, it's the word is re- remorque, and okay. uh, and that that's very. Let's say it's it's kind of a rednecky word, you know. Okay. It's, it's it's not it's not the it's not proper Dutch. Got and it. so basically, I would I when I was sitting there and realizing what we were what what was gonna happen, <laughs> like so 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 Bruce Wayne is loading us into his bat remark, <laughs> and and like everyone around me understood what I meant with that. <laughs> he's got he's got this hick trailer that he that he hitches onto the bed in case he has to like bring twenty tourists on a on a flight to the with the penguin and 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 like oh this is this is such deep cut humor because like it, it only works if you know Dutch and German it's like as I remember going like. Like, like putting putting on a German accent and and imitating Bruce Wayne and being like, yeah, Alfred, sits the guest in ins Betre Marksken, just just oh, Alfred, just put the put the guests in the bat remark, <laughs> and, and yeah, I I I I guess I'm um I, hell, I I'm, I'm kind of a. Uh, I'm kind of uh, surprised that it's it's uh, it's humor is working on you because it's definitely like. <laughs> Do you think that we have talked about the bat module more than anybody in the world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I because like you say, um, theme park stories are just very functional things to clear hurdles in order to create an immersion for guests to sit in. To sit in vehicles and you know ride the ride, so it it is very possible that we we've talked about the Bat module more than the designers of Batman the Adventure ride, <laughs> more than anyone involved in Warner Movie World has ever uh, thought about the Bat module. But okay, you get into the Bat module, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, okay. Okay, I will say this to be to go back to sincerity. Um, so you get into the ride vehicle, and then you do the simulator ride where <laughs> you watch this film, and you're basically following Batman in the Batmobile and Batwing as he 
goes through Gotham City as Penguin and the circus gang that he has in Batman Returns as they cause havoc, and you're trying to, uh-huh. to put a stop to it. And I gotta say, uh, it was pretty impressive, the ride fit movie that I saw, because... Uh-huh. Uh, it appears that like it's live action footage, so like when there's people, it's actual actors on a stage, right? Um, right. And it and it, and like it is the circus gang from Batman Returns. You see like the that strong guy, man yeah. and uh, yeah. the 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 motorcyclist with the skull heads and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like when they're doing you know the thing where like oh the vehicle's going really fast and moving you know going up and down pathways. Yeah, I think. That looks like miniature model work that they're doing as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I think because of the very stage-bound and heightened nature of of the Burton movies, mm-hmm. uh, they were able to work with a lot of those those resources, uh, props, even actors. Um, yeah. And because of the well, yeah, that that heightened feel, um, you, you really do feel like you're in one of those movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think the, from what I could tell, it seems like the only use of CG is when you see the Batwing and, uh, and for this ride, they have the Penguin Rubber Ducky, uh, Mm -hmm. vehicle, but it can fly for the ride, and that's a seat, and that that appears to be a CG thing. But otherwise, that, everything else looks like practical effects that they, you know, had to handcraft or shoot on a real set so uh mm-hmm. yeah I, that, that really builds into the emerging especially now um if you go on a lot of rides where where it requires you looking at some type of screen a lot of it is like cg all cg or right, right. on a green screen and then the cg gets put behind them and everything so the tactileness of the ride really struck me and i'm like oh and again to be very frank and sincere uh, even though I've never experienced this, I feel like if I had gone on this when I was little, I would have been like, oh, wow, this is, this is a great experience. I would love to go on this every time I come to Warner Movie World, you know? Yeah, and, uh, I promise you I did. <laughs> I definitely did the Batman ride every time, um, even though I, um, <laughs> even though I only went there twice. <laughs> Like how many times do you, if you had to guess, how many times do you think you've you've done that ride? Twice. Wow. <laughs> but I, I mean, uh, unless you're like a theme park nerd, you only really do like theme park attractions like m- once, maybe twice. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, because like I was a kid and I was, you know, I could only go to such. This is this is Germany. This is like a couple hours ride from where I live. Mm-hmm. And um, as a little kid, I could only go during school holidays, which meant that it was, um, you know, it was it was high season. It was, there was it was it was busy, so you you do as much as you can, and there's really not that much time to do rides twice. So, and I think with the must have been must have went to the park itself twice or thrice, maybe in my life. So I. Probably the Batman ride twice or thrice, <laughs> something like that. Um, and yeah, uh, <laughs> and I think that because uh, th- this is a this is a theme park, this is a movie theme park podcast mm-hmm. uh, 
and uh, <laughs> so I'm a bit limited on what my choices were uh, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, choices for uh, as a topic. You, you, you've probably had other guests who are like, oh, I must have written that ride 20 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm, I'm a bit... Um, I'm a bit scrawny. Is that is that the word? Would, would one use the word scrawny? In a, um... I mean, well, I mean, it, I th- I think you picked at least like a a good topic. I mean, and also yeah, the yeah. fact that this ride, you know, there were th- at one at one time there were three versions of this thing running, as I said, in other movie br- right, right. other versions of this park. You know, so mm-hmm. it's. Uh, so must have been super popular to like be cloned that many times so much so that i guess you never experienced this but they did update this ride so in the 2000s they renamed the attraction batman adventure the ride 2 and so unfortunately the big change seemed to be that they took out the batman returns ride film and they did a completely cgi film and it's just a kind of a generic Batman adventure where Batman encounters Joker, Catwoman, and Mr. Freeze. And it's all CG. The, the backgrounds are CG. The characters are CG. It, you know, you're looking at a video game cutscene, essentially. And uh, it looks fun. Again, it, it doesn't look bad. But compared to, like, again, how we talked about how it was all shot, you know, for realsies, it, 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 there's, there's that oomph to it. Whereas, like... You look at uh, you can find you can find footage of like the the second version of this ride, but the CGI footage just again it just looks like PS one PS two stuff. <laughs> right, right. You know, um, you know it's it's kind of unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Uh, have you have you seen anything? You've never ridden that version, right? No, no, I've not. Uh, I've I've not seen any YouTube's either. Okay, so Nid, uh, you but because you want to keep. Your memory of the ride <laughs> Your two, two ride-throughs, you want to keep those intact, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, it, and, it's, and you have to keep those intact because it's crazy. Because not only, not only does this ride not exist anymore, Warner Brothers Movie World doesn't exist anymore. All versions of this park uh, it, are now owned by a company called star parks i think the company is called so every version of movie of warner movie world is now called movie park or yeah yeah, movie park yeah or something like that a generic name basically with Mm -hmm. a lot of the warner brothers ip stuff stripped out of it and so they're now just kind of you know uh, you know uh, look it's a whatever roller coaster or a whatever water ride or something like that uh, so it is something truly lost to time, unfortunately, it seems. I'm sorry, Luana, you cannot go back to Warner Brothers Movie World in Germany anymore. Uh, they there is there there is some Nickelodeon related stuff there now. <laughs> yeah, there is Nickelodeon stuff, but again, that feels like licensed stuff. Like they're like, oh, okay, we don't have Warner yeah. Brothers, but we need something that people will recognize to get people in. It's not, you know. Not like when back when they could say, you know, you know DC, uh, Looney Tunes, Gremlins Alf, right? <laughs> now that might be the true loss of Warner <laughs> Brothers Movie World when it shut down. That 
What, what I'm loving here is that the ALF version of Gremlin Invasion is was apparently only in Germany. I uh, think so, yeah. Wow, so unique. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, man, ALF was big here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, the Germans are known for their proficiency and efficiency in, in machinery and tech, so obviously... <laughs> That all went into the Gremlins' Alf ride. <laughs> yeah, after uh, after the uh, all those Volkswagen factories had to close, they had to take that efficiency <laughs> somewhere. But look, we could probably talk more about the about Warner Movie World, about the Gremlins' Alf ride. <laughs> but uh, to wrap up the theme park stuff, uh, what are your last thoughts on Batman Adventure: The Ride? You know. Having learned a bit more about it uh, is uh, really enlightening because, you know, silly as we may uh, act about it, this is truly it was a once or a couple times in a lifetime experience. They they've they've shut it down. They they're not doing it anymore. I mean, I guess there is some some form of a ride there in movie park uh, at the moment, but you know, heck, even when it was still Warner Brothers, they updated the um they updated the content they updated the film to something a little less tactile a little less uh special to the moment a, a little less mm-hmm. um yeah, uh, magical i i dare say because yeah, yeah that really was that truly was a um ride that allowed you to be in not just a generic Batman world, but specifically Batman Returns. So, yeah, I guess it was uh, kind of special. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I, I had a special time talking with you, Luana, talking oh, all things you. Batman. But, uh, we have arrived at, as always, on Theme Park the Movie, our wrap-up segment. So, Luana, you enjoyed Batman Returns the Movie. You have enjoyed batman adventure the ride but Mm -hmm. you must decide on this segment that we like to call ride the ride or movie the movie in which you have to choose (laughs) what what is the better entertainment experience is it batman the uh, batman returns or batman adventure the ride what 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 is your opinion ride the ride or movie the movie is uh, i would say movie the movie because, Why movie the uh, movie? Because uh, beyond all those great things that we've already said about Batman Returns, uh, I also have a relatively personal connection to Batman Returns because it was the movie that made me realize I like girls. <laughs> mm. That was, uh, I mean, I, I I had the very kitty crushes on girls before that, but uh, Cat wouldn't make me realize that <laughs> you can like like girls. <laughs> <laughs> you can um, really like them girls. Yeah, and I think <laughs> the the, uh, the very particular atmosphere of Batman Returns um, probably hit me in a couple ways that, as a ten year old, was whoa, <laughs> that, uh, and uh, kind of uh, had some real influence on uh, who I became later in life. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna go for movie the movie. Okay, you're gonna movie the movie. 
uh luana thanks for being here but before you go go uh i like to give the spotlight to our guest and uh is are there any projects that you would like to plug or any social media stuff you'd like to mention Hi, I guess you can find me on Twitter at Servant of Dagon, uh, where the biggest project I shill is Australian commentary. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the biggest creative project I'm doing. Uh, is do, that, do I have a blog? No, I don't have a blog, and that became Australian commentaries. Um, now, I have to admit something. There's been something that's kind of nagging me in the, at the back of my head every time you kept mentioning monster island commentaries because sometimes you would refer to that podcast in reference to me uh wait what what's the name of your co-host again on that podcast <laughs> why here's the m night Shyamalan style twist it was you along travis kirkland wait what me me <laughs> travis is also co-host Monster Island commentaries. <laughs> I should Wait, I should make a I should make a joke in the style of this movie. Bruce Wayne, why are you dressed like Batman? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Travis Kirkland, okay. why are you dressed like a kaiju podcast host? <laughs> oh my god! Oh wow, that's huh? That really? <laughs> oh wait a minute! You're that Luana Seda? Oh. I thought you seemed familiar. <laughs> Whoa! Gotcha, bitch! Wow, man! And <laughs> now I have to go. Nah, now I have to go to that beach that makes me old. Now. <laughs> uh, uh, you're, you're gonna turn from. You're gonna change from hot young Oliver into old and busted Alfred. <laughs> Damn! But do you think I'll eventually get sold? That I that I become puppet Alf? <laughs> oh my god, Alf, Alfred, we've cracked the code. We have <laughs> cracked it, everybody. We did it. <laughs> it goes Oliver, Alfred, Alf. <laughs> <laughs> Truly the life cycle of any per any person living on this earth. <laughs> we've, we've done it. Uh, uh, Lana, thank you so much. <laughs> I just wanted to say that if 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 Alf is actually an elderly human, his abuse at the hands of the gremlins is even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> wow, lock up those gremlins for elder abuse. <laughs> uh, Luana, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, Travis. I want to say thank you once again to Luana Seda for being such a great guest on this episode. And thank you to the listeners for listening to this episode and previous episodes and futures to come on this limited series. Uh, I, I appreciate, look, I just appreciate y'all and everything you do for this podcast, which I guess is mostly listening to it. And uh, you know what? I greatly appreciate it. I'll stop using that word. Uh, in fact, I will go on to say that if you do like this show, you can follow it on Twitter at TPTMPod, and you can email the show at TPTMPod at gmail.com, and if you're being particularly nice, you can give this show a nice rating and review 
wherever you listen to podcasts. And look, this was a great time. There's more great times to be had, everybody. Don't worry, we'll be back next week. More fun talk about movies and theme parks and everything in between. But until then, I'll see you at the snack stand. There used to be a gray and tower alone on the sea. dark side of me Love remains a drug that's high and up the hill But did you know that when it snows my eyes become large and the light that you shine can't be seen